right, hey, uh, if you're new, uh, you've been maybe visiting us for a couple weeks now, and you're possibly interested in joining the church, or even if you want to find out more about Harvest Baptist Church and who we are and what we believe, we have a class next week after the 1030 service called Intro to Harvest. Uh, it's in the cafeteria after the service, and you can come and just, you know, spend some time together. It's a one-hour class. We try to make it easy as possible on you. We have child care. We have foods and snacks. So if you're interested in learning more about us, we'd love to see you there. We have a Bible workshop also happening next Sunday. Uh, that's an evening service at 6 p.m. If you teach the Bible in any capacity, whether it's devotional at night with your kids, if it's in a Sunday school class, junior church, uh, in a group setting, uh, you're, you're not going to miss us. Even if you want to learn more about how to study the Bible, we have uh, Dr. Mike Lester joining us. That might not mean many, much to you guys. I had him in Bible college. Uh, I, I know Pastor Mark had him in Bible college and, and Pastor Dom. And he's one of those guys, for those of you who went to college, you know, you look through the names on the list of who's teaching what, and you see that name, you're like, I'm not going to take it. Dr. Lester's the opposite. You saw his name, you wanted to take his class. And so it's, it, I, I promise you, you're going to be excited that you came. Uh, right now he serves as a director of students at Veritas, but he spent 26 years teaching at West Coast Baptist College. So we're excited. That's next Sunday night at 6 p.m. We hope that you would uh, come to that. Operation Christmas Child, that's coming to an end. Today's the last day to turn in donations. You guys have done an amazing job, so we thank you for that. Uh, but we need a little bit more help. We are a national drop-off for the community. And so we need help from November 14th to the 21st collecting boxes as people outside the church bring boxes to us. Uh, we could use some help kind of organizing that. So if you're maybe interested in helping volunteer in that capacity, you could see one of the ladies back at the back table, and they could set you up. We have a, we, the Need Cafe is a cafe in New Kensington, a community cafe. And every year we get to send a team of, of members from Harvest down there and serve a Thanksgiving meal. And so we're doing that again this year. That's November 17th at 4.30. Uh, it's a great time where, you know, we send a group of people down and really you just get to serve the community and love on them and show them the, the love of Christ. And so if you would like to be a part of that, you can go on our website, harvestbaptist.info, and sign up. Uh, we, would, we would love uh, just for you to be a part of that and to, to, to see that. We have a video playing here in just a second on Missions Month, but before the, they play it, we have our Sunday night service tonight, 6 p.m. Our missions night is coming to an end, and so uh, we would love for you guys to come out. It's going to be a special service. We'll get to hear uh, testimonies from many of the missionaries. We'll get to hear preaching, and we're just we're so excited. Anytime we get to have missionaries in our church with us, we're excited for that. And so we're looking, we're looking forward to that. We hope you would come. At this time, guys, you can go ahead and play the video. As we see the world from our vantage point, we see brokenness, separation, and division. Of course, we know the gospel is the only cure, the true answer that brings redemption and restoration to humanity. As the church, we have the unmatched opportunity to spread this gospel to the world. Jesus' last words should be our first work when he said to go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. Harvest is actively committed to this mission, and we want to show you that your prayers and generosity have traveled the globe and impacted souls. Let's take a walk down memory lane and see where your giving has made an impact this last year. The foundation of our foreign giving goes to our monthly support of over 100 missionaries in 48 different countries. 
This includes supporting several new missionaries since last October and increasing our support for many of our longtime missionary partners. These missionaries are doing fruitful kingdom work. They're preaching the gospel, baptizing, making disciples, and planting churches. It would really take us hours to highlight all that God has been doing through our foreign missionaries. But today, we want to quickly highlight three incredible missions works where God is moving in ways that we could have never imagined. And best of all, each of these missionaries is here with us this morning. For many years now, we have been able to invest deeply in the country of Zambia through our partnerships with pastors Barnhouse, Frazier, Ackham, and Brian Collins. And this year was no exception. We have continued to invest in the orphanage, the school, and churches that are all under the umbrella of Vision Zambia. The ministries of Vision Zambia continue to see Zambian nationals evangelized, discipled, educated, and deployed into gospel ministry. One of those nationals who was saved, discipled, and trained in Zambia is no stranger to Harvest and is our guest today, Pastor Ackham. We are so thankful that God allows us to play a small part in all that's happening in Zambia. We are thrilled to welcome Chris Sage, church planner to Mexico, back to Harvest. We have been able to invest monthly in Chris. Last November, we were able to send $5,000 towards the purchase of a vehicle. Over the last decade, Chris has been instrumental in seeing eight new churches planted in the areas surrounding Guadalajara and Mexico City. But we believe that this is just the beginning. In the next few years, and through God's continued blessing, Chris hopes to plant many more churches and see Mexico saturated with the gospel of Jesus. We also get to welcome back Ed and Norma Bordell, veteran missionaries to Costa Rica. The Bordells followed God's leading to Costa Rica in 1989 and have remained faithful to one church, Iglesia Biblica Bautista, for over 30 years. What started out in the small upper room of a storefront building has grown tremendously over the years through building campaigns and a pandemic, and even the death of their oldest son, Edward, the Bordells have been a shining example of what it means to serve God with steadiness, with passion, and with joy. And we are so honored to have them as our guests today. Harvest family, anytime we are generous toward kingdom work, God shows up. Imagine all the stories we will one day hear in heaven because of the seeds that we're sowing right now in 2022. Seeds of faithfulness, generosity, and sacrifice for God's global vision to reach the nations. Please continue to pray that we will be able to add more missionaries and that God will expand our borders of influence. Well, it's a joy for us to have some missionaries with us, not just this morning, but this evening. You get to meet three of them here today. We just introduced them via the video, but on my far left, Pastor Ackham, on my immediate left, uh, Pastor Ed Bordell, and then on my right here, uh, Chris Sage. So we're going to take a little bit of time out in this service and just try to extract some wisdom from these guys' brains, and I want us to get to know them a little bit. I also want them just to be able to encourage our church. So I have a few questions for them this morning that I want you to participate with me and just listen in on. Uh, the first one is for Chris. And first of all, we need to congratulate Chris uh, for his uh, new bride. You, you are newlyweds. You're in the honeymoon phase, four months strong. So would you join me in, in like congratulating them on, on the new marriage? <clears throat> We're happy for you. And you are not serving the Lord as a single man now, but you did for a lot of years. And I wanted to ask you about serving the Lord as a single person. Uh, you would have in this room, you would have widows and widowers. 
You would have those that have never been married. You have those that have been saddled with a divorce. You have those that are teenagers and are single by nature of being 14. So what would you say to someone who's single, who is, you know, thinking about serving the Lord? Are they a second-class citizen? Can God use them less because they're single? What, what, should, what should their perspective be? Well, that, that's a great question, uh, Pastor Likens. And I want to start by thanking you, thanking this church for uh, your faithfulness, your generosity. You've been a huge part of our church planning there in Mexico, and we are deeply grateful. It's a great, great privilege and honor to be here today with you. And um, I, um, I was just thinking about that question, why did it take me 60 years to find a wife? I think, I think a part of it, I, I think I mentioned earlier about, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of biblical examples, but I think with me it was more the fact I couldn't find a blind enough girl to marry me for 60 years, you know, that's why I didn't want to be in a hurry. But uh, uh, it's uh, wonderful when the Lord does get involved in things, and as I mentioned this morning, uh, she's just a fabulous, uh, wonderful girl at uh, great heart. She wants to serve the Lord. She served as a pastor's wife for 24 years. Very, could I just ask you to stand for a moment, if you would, so they could see you there? This is my wife, Viri. And Welcome, Viri. Thank you, thank you for your uh, congratulations. And um, so uh, her husband was called to go to heaven a few years ago, and the Lord brought us together. But uh, she was involved in being a pastor's wife, started churches, and I'm just really excited about the ministry. I, I had the privilege of starting three churches uh, when I was in Guadalajara and had the privilege of pastoring two of them for short periods of time, was responsible for all three. The trouble we had was finding permanent pastors for those churches. And uh, the problem I had as a single missionary was, was uh, the nurseries was probably the hardest part, finding people for the nurseries. But it's, it's amazing how the Lord got involved in those churches, and through that then led me to work with uh, Dr. Lise Ramos. And so I'm really excited because I've been, you know, the idea is to help these new churches get going where it's not just the pastor working all alone, but it's been the pastor and I, and then now it'll be the pastor and I and my wife and I, and then Dr. Ramos wants to send teams of workers with us as well. And so there'll be five or ten of us all working together, knocking doors, visiting, and witnessing to people and, and discipleships and helping people to come to the Lord. And, of course, we want to see as many people come to the Lord Jesus as possible and see these churches become autonomous and independent um, as soon as possible. And so, actually, the addition of a wife is the thing that's really opening up the ministry and the opportunity to serve and to take teams with us and going to, you know, make things more productive but, um, you know, it's important to keep a proper perspective on things because our, our purpose in life is, is, is a relationship with our Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so whether we're single or married, we really need to focus on Him and on our relationship with Him. And um, I, know, I know one of the things that sometimes people are a bit concerned with with single missionaries is uh, some... Uh, immorality or promiscuity or temptations of that sort, but um, it happens with the married people too. Uh, just looking at the Apostle Paul, you know, he didn't really have a, he wasn't out looking for something, right? And so, if you, if we have had to suffer through a divorce or an abandonment or or a widowhood, um, you know, we can still follow the Lord, and we don't have to actually be looking. Obviously, if we've had that need in our life met before, we want to fill it. But instead of looking for someone to fill it with, let's look to the Lord and let's keep our eyes on Him and let's focus on our relationship with Him because that, 
That is by far the greatest, most wonderful, most fulfilling part of the Christian life is walking with him and, and having a real prayer life, not just having a prayer time, but really, really walking with him. So. I think that's sage advice, pun intended, for all of us, those that are married, those that are single, uh, to focus on the Lord and our relationship with him. And I want to ask you, there are a lot of people, today's a, a generous Sunday. We're coming and we're wanting to give uh, to you all as missionaries just uh, of, of a free will and a free heart. Uh, we're wanting to take our commitments for our missions program for the next year. But many people have a mentality when it comes to giving that's um, if when. You know, if I get out of debt, uh, then I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll be generous. If I get the house paid off, then I'll be generous, right? Um, if the car gets fixed, then I'll have a little bit more margin in my life. What would you say to someone who has that kind of perspective, the if-then perspective on generosity, that once I get a good financial footing, then I'll begin being generous? Is that a smart way to think? Well, Pastor, uh, if-then, when? When are we going to begin? Yeah. From the first time that I heard the gospel, I understood the generosity of our Lord and Savior. I thank you for the cross. I thank him for salvation. I thank him for the word of God. And when I read my Bible, it says, more blessed to give than to receive. If you want to be happy, then you should give. I enjoy Thanksgiving because I celebrate it every day of my life. I'm thankful that I'm alive today. I'm thankful that I have the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ. But many times we have difficulties. I'll share with you a, a personal testimony with our son when he was going through his leukemia treatments, eight years we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars out of pocket. But that's when we gave the most towards the Lord. And God always supplied for us. I don't believe in that prosperity gospel. I believe in the gospel of promise. You shall be given if we just give. And we get to give. It's a privilege to give. So don't wait until then. It's when will you start. Today is the day to start. And as I said earlier this morning, I've come to enrich you. I just received a text. Someone texted me and says that they put in our account a certain amount of money. They said, because I was talking to my brother, says, you want to be blessed, give to a missionary. And I've taught that all our ministry. Uh, you'll see, you saw there on the video, the church there in Costa Rica, those buildings value over two, three million dollars. And we went under supported, but over blessed. And that church gives over a hundred thousand dollars a year to missions. In fact, we paid for your Bible education. That with Brother Lester, we contribute to Lancaster Baptist and other uh, Bible colleges because our church has gone to concept of giving. And they have been blessed in a tremendous way. In fact, I have gentlemen, when I come to a missions conference, they'll say, Pastor, we have five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 that we want to invest. We want to invest in this area of the world. I says, I'll do my best to find some place that we can plant the seed. And they beg to be a participant. And I don't say that just to get something, I'm looking to bless them, and they have been blessed. How many of you have been blessed since last year? How many of you think God's blessed you just to keep it? How many of you have bills? We'll always have bills. <laughs> and as it looks like the life that we're living now, gasoline just went up $7 a gallon in California. It's supposed to go up to 9 and when people tell me that, you know, I say, I thank God that I have the money to pay for the gasoline. <laughs> because there's some areas of the world, they don't have what we have. We're a blessed nation. We're a blessed people. 
And we're blessed because God sees how we manage what he's given to us. We just got to be good stewards. So uh, don't let the bills or everything. I just got a, 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 a bill from my insurance company. My premiums. Remember how we were promised the premiums weren't supposed to go up? Do you remember that? Uh, well, tell the individual. Which, which election me, cycle yeah, was yeah, that? Yeah. Tell, me, tell me the individual just sent me a letter telling that my insurance is going to increase by $600 a month. But let me tell you about my God that just increased our support by 800. So will God provide our needs? God can do everything but fail. And so don't, don't let your problems get in the way. Remember, this is only a temporary cycle. We're just passing through. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I'm just a pilgrim. I was telling uh, earlier, this, I'll close with this. Uh, you remember the PPG building that used to, how many of you remember? You guys remember that? Yins guys, okay, okay. I would like to throw out those little uh, Yins guys and chipped ham, okay. How, how many of you still buy chipped ham? Okay, pull your gutchies up. <laughs> I thought that would get you going, okay. So I'm from here. I'm from here. Things have changed since I left, but there's one thing that hasn't changed. It's the Word of God, and His promises don't change, and He'll take care of you. He will provide for you. I hope that answered your question amen. as we went. And I'm, gl- I'm glad you highlighted that your church there in Costa Rica, we support missionaries. We do this as, as a church family. Sometimes we can get the perspective as Americans. It's our job to give so that people can go, so that then everyone can be a taker. But the principle applies to an American or a Costa Rican or anybody that it's blessed to give. It doesn't matter where you live or how much you have. It's blessed to give. And I'm grateful you mentioned that you're, you're teaching that to people in a whole other context, in a whole other country. Akam, I want to I swing it to you. He mentioned that there's some people that don't grow up with much, and that's part of your testimony. You grew up in the bush with next to nothing, really, and had an opportunity, kind of a, a ticket to get out of poverty for your family playing professional soccer, and God took your life off script Tell us just a little bit of your story and what God's done in your life and how he's led you to this point. Thank you so much. Uh, as the pastor said, my name is Akim Mlaisho uh, from Africa, Zambia. I grew up in the bush. Uh, in the bush, I say, when I say bush, it is a jungle part of Africa. Uh, I know nothing about town, city, and all that. So growing up in the bush, it was a challenge. And my dad had two wives uh, in Africa, for you to be a real man, you need to have more than 5, 10, 15. Then they consider you to be a, a real man. But growing up in that family, not a Christian home, and dad was abusive. I don't know if you can get my accent. You can understand me? Oh, yes, good. Okay, so growing up in that family, it was a challenge. Uh, I used to go to school, uh, two hours walking without shoes, uh, going two hours and coming back two hours. And we used to just get the leaves from the tree. You put them under your feet, you walk. It was not taking long that they worn out. They are stones, it's hot. It's not like this in Africa. It's different. So that's where I'm coming from. Grade eight, I passed, we had no money. But I was given, like, the school was paying for my school tuitions from grade 8 to 12th grade. 
Uh, that's how I managed to finish school, because the school was paying for that. And they bought school shoes for me and, and uniforms. Uh, when I finished school, I was 19 years old. Now, because I was talented very much in soccer, I do play soccer, not as I used to play, because, you know, food from states have uh, <laughs> put me out of shape. So, <laughs> so I finished school, uh, but I was known in different places in Zambia uh, because we used to play soccer. So Friday, I was given that contract to play soccer as a national uh, footballer. We call soccer football in Africa. So I was happy. So when I was given that, uh, my brother here from Cameroon uh, knows how football is. My intake was during, in Cameroon, we have Eto, and in Nigeria, we have uh, those different guys. So uh, in Zambia, we had Christopher Katongo. Uh, just because of time, we, we can go on and on. So when I got that contract, I wake ba wake, went back to the bush to say bye to my family. My mom uh, was happy about that. Everyone, it was like a jackpot. We celebrated that the whole night. The following uh, Saturday, that was Friday, uh, I washed my, my clothes. Uh, Sunday, went to church, not to worship God, but just to, you know, catch a ride. Because the vehicle that used to come to that place was a vehicle of a missionary uh, who used to come to preach to our small village, to the small church. So I packed my bag, went there, sitting like the way you are sitting. He started preaching about, you know, wanting to be rich, famous, and all that, which I was very much against and upset with him uh, because I thought someone told him about me and he wanted to discourage me and he wanted to talk me out of my contract. Uh, then the Holy Spirit convicted me as he was preaching. Uh, with Matthew chapter uh, 16, verses 25, 26. What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? That was the message that touched my life. After that message went forward, uh, then he came to me, he showed me from the Bible how I can be saved, and he prayed for me. He told me to pray, ask God to forgive me, and then invite me to be my Lord and Savior. So that's how I got saved from that time. Uh, things changed, my perspective changed. I, have this, I had this joy that no one understood. I have the peace that, you know, the world cannot understand. I went back with my bag in the bush. I didn't go back to you know, play soccer, where I was given that contract. That kind of shocked everybody. I lost a lot of friends. Uh, not only friends, my mom was not happy with that. Uh, but I continued trusting and praying God to be with me. I started sharing the gospel uh, with my family. My sister was the victim, the first one, God saved. Uh, my young brother, Kephas, God saved. And he is, is, is the pastor also. So that's where I'm coming from. I was 
now installed as a pastor of the same small church in the bush. And through me, through that, God has done a lot of work in Africa. Now, from that church, we have like 24 other churches around just with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank you for missions like this, place like this. People pray. It goes a long way. I am the product of mission. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, and I would add to that, not just a product of missions, but a product of Harvest Missions. We did not know when Dave Barnhouse asked us to be his sending church, and we began supporting him every month and sent Dave Barnhouse to Zambia. We had no idea that he would meet Ackham, that he would lead Ackham to the Lord, that Ackham would, would basically leave all and just follow Jesus and now there's 24 other churches planted. You never know what the Lord's going to do when you invest in missions. So take that to heart and know that what we do today and what we do this year for missions has an impact on lots of Ackams of the world. And I don't know how many more Ackams are out there, but I know that they're out there and I know that they need to be impacted with the gospel of Jesus. So Ackham, thank you for telling a little bit of your story. I have one more question and, and we have to call it time. I had heard, I, I want to hear it from your own lips that you all hunted lions with spears. Is this true or not true? I, I, this, is, this is not a spiritual question, but I need to know the answer to this. That's very easy. It's true. <laughs> Thank you. It's the, yeah, the lion is the king of the jungle, but it's so afraid of man. You just have to be bored and have to face it. But when it roars, it makes you, you know, afraid. You can feel it in your bones. But you have to be strong as a man. So we have done that. We did that many times. Because we are just like sleeping in the small shelter. Just trees outside, uh, grass, thatched house. And then it can come, roll around the village. Then dad will come, let's go and chase that thing. Then we went outside, you know, just chase it. So it's like that. Well, listen, we're going to take a mission trip to Zambia. We're going to yeah. go spear hunting with Akam. How do you think that's a good idea? All the hunters in the room, can I get an amen? Can we go spear hunting with Akam? If, if we want to do this, will you lead us? Yes, I would glad to do that. I don't that. think we're going to do it. <laughs> would you join me in giving them a hand and thanking them for their time this morning? <laughs> sometimes you can talk about the Lord in the Bible, and sometimes you can talk about hunting lions with spears. And it's all good in the house of the Lord. So uh, today we're going to switch gears and we're going to open up God's Word. Uh, go to Philippians chapter number 4. And... Uh, we're going to get back to Revelation next Sunday. We're in a Revelation series that I'm preaching through right now. But I asked Pastor Bordell to preach to us this morning. Uh, this is for a few reasons. Number one, he's from this area. If, if you didn't pick up on it already, he grew up in New Ken and uh, went to the military and then the California and then Costa Rica for 30 years, but has his roots here in this area. But primarily it's because uh, Pastor Bordell is the biggest encouragement to me out of all of our missionaries that we have. And we have some great missionaries who are encouraging. But this guy uh, texts me and prays for me and sends me resources and books out of nowhere just because he wants to be a blessing. 
unlike any other missionary that we have, and uh, we met a few years back. We had never met face-to-face until a few years ago, and he's just been such a resource and such an encouragement to me personally. And I said, I want you to preach to the church family uh, this morning. I want you to preach to the church family tonight. Uh, so he's going to open up Philippians chapter number four, but uh, Brother Bordell, Norma, we are so glad that you're here. It's our honor to host you today. Uh, go ahead and take a minute and click your mic on. I think that it's off right now. Uh, but he's going to open up God's word, and I pray that you will listen intently with not just open ears, but open hearts this morning. So, Brother Ed, thank you so much for thank being you. here. God thank bless. You. Thank you. I don't like Brother Ackham. I fight lions every day. We have a roaring lion that's seeking to devour us. And instead of using the spirit, I use the word, the sword. Amen? So uh, if you don't have to go to Africa to fight the lion, all right? How many of you are hunters? How many of you like going hunting and getting something while you go hunting? Or you just like, you know, there's ladies like to go shopping, and then when they come home, my wife, when she goes shopping, I like when she comes back, I says, you went shopping? She goes, yeah. I says, you didn't buy anything. She goes, well, you went fishing, you didn't catch anything. (laughs) You've heard that before, but you still laugh. Do we come to church just to come to church, or do we want to get something? Think about that. I was so impressed, I was telling uh, your pastor, not impressed uh, with... What we do is what God has done here at Harvest Baptist. I've not seen so many young couples in this area that go to church. Amen? And I thank God that you have a desire to do something for the Lord. I spoke in the first hour about an investment. All of us have an account. We have a bank account. We have a savings account. We have a checking account. We have, some people have IRAs, some have uh, 401, even though they're not paying anything right now, we have them. We have investment in homes, we have investment in vehicles, we have investment in education. There's a lot of investments. But the thing that I want to bring to us this morning is the investment on eternity. That's where we're going to spend eternity. And we should have an account in eternity. My question is, how much is in that account? Well, you saw the account with Ekim. That's it. That is an investment. How many more are out there? You saw what God did there in Costa Rica, what he's doing in Mexico, what he's doing all around the world. Those are accounts. In order to have an account, we have to make a deposit. And I always ask people, how much have you deposited in your spiritual account? And when was the last time we made a deposit? This morning, you'll have an opportunity to make a deposit. I'm always concerned where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. There's some people that are looking at their 401 or 403B every day. I recommend don't look at it until this administration changes. It's going down, 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 and down. And everything that we do for God goes up, 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 up. And no one can break in and rob it. That includes the government. (laughs) You like that, huh? Amen. (laughs) Look with me, if you would, this morning. We're just going to look at four simple truths out of the book of Philippians. 
This area holds a very special uh, place in my heart. Uh, I went, how many of you know where Glenn's Custard Stand is? Oh, you all are spiritual. <laughs> I wasn't even on the tarmac, and I was already planning in my mind, once we get the car, honey, we're going through Springdale, and I'm going to Glenn's Custard, and I'm getting me a custard. She goes, it's October. It's freezing outside. I don't care. And I made a deposit. And I will make another deposit. I may even make another deposit this evening after or between services, and I'll make another deposit tomorrow, and I will make a deposit on the way to the airport on Tuesday for breakfast custard. <laughs> you only live once. I don't know how many more opportunities I'm going to have to go to Glenn's Custard. I really don't. I don't know how many more opportunities I'm going to have to come to Western Pennsylvania. Jesus may come tonight. He may come tomorrow. He may take me. Or someone may send me. Or a lion may devour me. But I do know one thing. I will spend eternity in heaven. If you're not saved, I'd like to encourage you. Look for me after the services. I will personally spend the whole afternoon showing you from the Bible how you can be saved. Because your soul is just as important as mine. Philippians chapter number four. If something comes out like Philippenses, it's because I just got done speaking in several Spanish missions conferences. So every now and then you'll hear a little bit of an accent, okay? We all have an accent, just like here in Pennsylvania. When I get on a plane and I'm sitting beside someone coming here, when I hear them say words like Yun's guys, or I'm going to get some chipped ham, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, really? Pittsburgh. No, it's Pittsburgh. No, Pittsburgh. All right. And those just some things that you can detect. I was uh, eating over here the last time I was here four years ago or five years ago. I was eating at one of these hamburger places, and I saw a guy with a Steeler hoodie on. And I went up to him. I said, are you from Pittsburgh? And he just kind of looked at me. Yeah, I'm here in the valley. I said, that's right. I'm in western Pennsylvania. Because normally when I travel, I'm in some other place, and I see somebody with a hoodie on. I said, what part of Pittsburgh are you from? Oh, you from the, you from the Berg? Yes! You see how we can relate and can connect? Well, Paul is connecting with the church in Philippi. And look what he says in verse 14. Notwithstanding, ye have well done, that ye did communicate or participated with my afflictions. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated or participated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. We saw fruit this morning. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Aphrodite the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all 
your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, teach us what we need to learn this morning. Give us what we need to have. Make us who we need to be. And as always, Lord, we'll give you the praise and thanks for all that's accomplished in and through the service this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. When we arrived in this world, we had nothing. I was there for the birth of my three children. None of them brought nothing into the world. Absolutely zero. In fact, all they did was complicate my life until they left. Can you identify? Shoes, clothing, education, food, food, and food. And when the Lord took our son home at 15, he took nothing with him. Nothing. I was there. I preached in the funeral. He went to live in a place called heaven, eternity. He's there today. He'll be there forever. Only the things that he did during his lifetime will have any value to him this day. You say, that's pretty direct. Life has some pretty direct moments. But Paul here, while he was in jail, he was telling the folks there in Philippi, he was saying, you have well done communicating with me. You participated. When we begin life, we participate in life. We have a purpose. How many of you have a purpose? Tomorrow you have a purpose. You wake up and go to work. That's our purpose in life. As a servant, as a Christian, my purpose in life is to glorify him. It's about him. It always was and it always will be. Nothing about Ed Bordell. This body doesn't belong to me. I was purchased with a price. And God has set me apart for a mission. That's what the missions conference is about. Now, Paul is writing this church. He's saying, you participated. You've done well. In verse 14, says, notwithstanding, you have well done. I like the word well done. I'm looking forward to the day when God says, well done, thy faithful servant. You did a good job as you served me. A participant is someone that takes part. Partners, that's where partnership comes from. We are partners. What's going on in Costa Rica, what's going on in Africa, what's going on in Mexico, what's going on in Asia. You are partnering with the missionaries and you are contributing, helping us as we proclaim the gospel. And that's not only done financially, that's done prayerfully. Every time that I write a text to your pastor, it's to encourage him. I have no idea what he's facing, so I want to be a partner with him in the ministry here in Harvest. When I write a prayer letter, it's not asking for something financially. It's asking for God's blessing upon my life. That's why it's called a prayer letter. I believe in prayer. You have not because you ask not. How many want to go to Glenn's Custard? I'll invite you. Now, if you don't look for me and you don't ask me, I'm not going to take you. But if you look for me and ask me, I'll take you. I may be at Glenn's Custard all day. (laughs) 
We have not because we ask not. And so your pastor having this missions conference, he's not rushing around. He's not hiding around the bush. He's very direct. I want your money to invest in your spiritual account. That's what he's saying. Uh, there was a man, Scully, that was the CEO for Pepsi-Cola. You ever heard of Pepsi-Cola? I know some of you probably drink Coke. I don't drink neither one. All right, I like the natural drinks. I like papaya. I like mango. I like banana. I like natural things. Scully had an interview with a man. You ever heard of a man named Steve Jobs? Anybody ever heard of him? If you haven't heard of him, just pull out your iPhone. And this was when it was being a startup company, and he and Scully met in New York City on a balcony, and he says, how would you like to work with me in this startup company? And Steve Jobs was, or uh, Scully was very, very, very comfortable with CEO of Pe uh, Pepsi. He had all the financial that he needed. And Steve Jobs says, what are you going to do with your life? He goes, look what I've done with my wife. He says, all you've done is sold sugar water. He goes, why don't you come with me? Because my company is going to change the world. I know that's a secular illustration. But why don't you partner up with us missionaries? We're trying to change the world. You can't reach the world without us, and we cannot reach the world without you. And we all need God. That children's song, I love him more every D-A-Y, close by my S-I-D-E, I will abide. I love him more every D-A-Y. See, that's so childish. I can do nothing without him. We need him as a participator in our lives to give us the power Buenos dias, mi nombre es Eduardo Borden. My name is Ed Borden. I'm from Guadalupe. I'm here to change your life. Really? Did you see the people? Did you see the first man I led to Christ from El Salvador? His wife was an architect. She got saved. She got baptized. She drew all the plans. Does that happen by accident? The contractor that put up all the steel structure, I led him to Christ at midnight. You say, door knocking works? Sure does. How many of you got saved by someone telling you about Jesus Christ? <laughs> so we partner together. The church is here in order to evangelize the world. And so as we partner together, we make a contribution. We make an investment. The IRA is an individual retirement account. I believe in the IEA, individual eternal account. Not only were they participants... Not only were they contributors, but look what the Bible says in verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, they were sent once and what? Again. So they did that. Not only did they contribute, but they were consistent. Consistent. Consistently giving. Tithes and offerings. In Costa Rica, when it comes time for the offering, the pianist gets up there, the organist gets up there, and they play a joyful song unto the Lord. It's not a funeral. 
When I give my wife a gift, I don't go to her giving her a gift crying. I give it with joy and expression of love. More blessed to give than to receive. How many of you believe that? This church is a giving church. It's overwhelming. The spirit here, treasure what you have because it may not be like that all the time. I always treasure every moment. Remember my Glenn Custard? You should have seen me last night licking that cone. I was in the car. I wasn't doing it in public. You eat out of a container when you're doing it in public. But I got the cone. I had napkins. I was just licking it. Oh, Can you taste it now? Can you taste it now? 